Good morning. Welcome to Car Thoughts with David, with your host, David Calvert. Thanks for taking time out of your day to hear David's thoughts. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Car Thoughts with David. I'm your host, as always, David Calvert. And today on the show, we have a best-selling author, a world traveler, uh, Mr. Adam DeColibus, and uh, he is the writer of the book Caravan, which I have not yet actually read. I'm waiting for it to come in, <laughs> but but I'm super excited about it. He reached out to me via um, via email uh, about coming on the show, and I was more than happy to have him. And so, Adam, if you want to just introduce yourself, and we'll get started, man. That sounds great. Well, first, I just want to say thanks so much for having me on the podcast, man. I really, I really, really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. You're most welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, my name's Adam McCullivus. Uh I'm an author from California. I was born and raised in a, in a pretty small town way out in the mountains. And uh, growing up, my creative salvation came through the medium of, uh, of movies and books. Um, and that's just, you know, default how I got into story. And it's just something that I really uh, took to heart and I wanted to make something out of. So in traveling... I did a little bit of traveling when I was young in South America with my family, and that was a really awesome experience because it allowed me to see how other people operate all over the world and how they live their lives and, and the different cultures. And that was really awesome to get exposed to that. And that with um, my early drive for a story, my early love for it, it just, it just melded together me wanting to write books and uh, make a career out of it. That is that is very cool. And I mean, I think that really touches to a lot of people, especially now. A lot of people are really kind of getting to that point where it's kind of that gig based society. They want to go out there and do something more creative than, you know, sitting behind a desk all day or, or working at McDonald's or whatever the case may be. They want to go out there and actually use those life experiences that they've accumulated and turn those into stories. And I think that's that's a. Uh, you know, really brilliant, you know, as far as your traveling and, and then, of course, the media and the music and all of this that, that really influenced you to to go out there and say, yeah, I'm going to write a book. I want to do this because I love storytelling. That's really mm. cool. Yeah, man. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate it. And I, I totally agree with you. Now it's I think as a society, it's getting so much easier to have a, a side gig and slowly turn it into a, a full a full career. Now I think it's it's one of the only times in history where you don't um, where you can do that. Absolutely, yeah. Because I mean, you know, basically, if you've got a cell phone or a computer or a laptop and, and uh, some ingenuity and, and desire, you can really go out there and do something really fantastic. But yeah, so I mean, uh, when you were writing your book, I mean, how did that come about, or where did you get the ideas for the theme for your book, and and uh, you know, actually, you know, start making that happen? Well, um, so the story with this book is uh, all my life I'd always written stories. I started uh, probably about the age of four or five. It's just something I just did. I just started writing, and the key, uh, the key. The repeating, uh, what do you call it? God, I'm at a loss of words right now. The um, a repeating pattern that all my stories had is that they never got finished. <laughs> I would I would start one, and uh, sure enough, another idea would come by, and I would I would let go of it. And 
for a writer, that's a great base to come by because it's good to have a lot of ideas. It's good to come from a base of an overabundance. But that can be a blessing and a curse because sooner or later you have to commit and you have to uh, close the faucet. So um, little by little, it, it sort of dawned on me that it was becoming almost like a curse. Like I could legitimately not write anything over five pages without uh, having another idea. Um, so one day, I, it, the, the ball started to get rolling when I read the book The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. And that book really had a, a major impact on me because it was the first book that I read where I felt something more than just entertainment. I felt like his writing uh, touched me in a way that was enlightening. and It was uh, really entertaining and it enriched my life. And I realized that that's what I wanted to do. If, if I could give somebody that same feeling that I felt, that would be, that would be amazing. Um, so that's where the real seed was sown. Also, the, the basic premise uh, for my own book was inspired out of that, which is following your heart and following your, your life purpose. And it also takes place in the Saharan Desert. So there's a lot of inspiration I got out of that book. And uh, one day, the, the real moment I committed is I, I had the, the first eight pages of the book written down, five or eight pages or something like that. And there was this one friend that I showed all my unfinished stories to. And I took the eight pages to, to my friend and said, hey, check this out. Uh, this is a this is a story that I really believe that I could turn into a book that I could turn into something awesome. That I want you to see if it's any good. Uh, you know, go ahead and, and check it out. So the friend read. Uh, excuse me. The friend didn't read anything. The friend stopped me and said, "Listen, I I love to read it, but um, there's there's a big problem I need to talk to you about, and that is that you have all these ideas. You write four or five pages. You show them to me. I get super stoked, and then you quit, and it's starting to irritate me. <laughs> so." Uh, promise me you're going to finish the book, or even if it's a story, even if it's just the first three lines over and over again, I don't care. It's going to have a beginning. It's going to have an end. Just promise me you're going to finish something, and then uh, I'll, I'll read it. And that really had a major impact on me because that was the first time that I realized that somebody else was already getting um, – they were already getting uh, enjoyment out of my work, out of my writing – so that was the moment I committed, and uh, since then, uh, I've, I su I've successfully written it. Um, I've been getting into the business of writing. I've started a small publishing company. I've been learning the ropes, and it's been an amazing journey. That, I mean, that is so cool, and, and I, I feel like I, I kind of have a, a little bit of the same thing there because my novel that I wrote, uh, I tr actually started writing another book. It could not finish it. Set down, just could not. Nothing came to me. I got like the first chapter done, <laughs> and, and I was like, "Okay, this isn't happening." But those other ideas were coming to me, and it was like, "Okay, well, let me start writing this." You know, kind of like if a song gets stuck in your head, like maybe if I start writing this one, it'll go away, and you know, I'll be able to go back and write this one, and um, and that other book never came to be it's still that one chapter i wrote <laughs> uh and, and the other book ended up being the one that i finished so yeah. yeah and then of course other ideas like you said other ideas kept coming to mind and i was like okay i need to focus i need to finish this one because these 20 other books i'm thinking about they're they're gonna have to wait i've got to do this so yeah yeah it is, it is kind of hard to stay on track you know because as you start feel like as you start kind of letting that creative inner child come out, it's like just running in every direction. You're, you've got to kind of 
like just run straight that way for at least <laughs> like six, eight months. Then you can go wherever you want. It's fine. Just just go in that direction. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I that's actually that's a really good analogy for what it feels like, and the way that I I sort of tamed in a child, as you said, is um, when I actually sat down to write. I thought, okay, I'm just going to write whatever comes to mind. I'm not going. I'm not going to. Um, of course, there were days where I didn't feel like writing. I just put down words. Don't get me wrong, but as far as direction of the story, uh, I just sort of let my imagination run wild in the first draft, and I decided that the most important thing was to overproduce and and get it all out versus um, holding anything back. And and I can totally feel that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, that was, you know, I still wrote plenty of other things uh, as well, you know, like blog posts and things like that, which is where my book actually started, was just blog posts. And then people started reaching out to me and they're like, this is actually really good. So when is this coming out? And I'm like, oh, uh, people like it. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So kind of similar to what you were saying with you, with the experience with your friend where it was like, wow, someone's actually interested in reading this. OK, now I'm motivated. Now I'm I'm focused because you know, somebody actually is showing interest. Uh, it's not just me being crazy thinking like, oh, I should write a book, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not It's not just me talking to imaginary characters and making up fake events. You know, people actually enjoy it. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's what it's about because I half the joy for me is, is, I think realistically, half the joy for me is doing the actual writing. The other half of it is... Uh, the people's reaction to reading it it's sort of like we're we're farmers in the sense we have to enjoy planting and and working in the fields and and watering all the all the trees and everything but at the end of the day uh you also get the joy out of giving produce and and fruit and everything to the people who buy it so for sure i i can definitely see that um that that being a strong motivation for you as well as me i think a lot of writers out there get motivation out of their audience Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, because I thought, you know, nobody's going to read this. Nobody's going to like this. You know, uh, you know, I had all those self-defeating, you know, inner thoughts of like, what am I doing? I don't belong <laughs> yeah. here. You know, I, I'm not the atypical writer that you see on like TV shows or movies, you know, where you're sitting there like you know, locked up in a room with a typewriter and a fifth of scotch. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I want to do that sometimes but <laughs> for health reasons. Yeah. And no, I, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it, I, I think you can definitely there's going going into a book for the first time, um, writing it. It's you you learn a lot about yourself, man. I'm I'm sure you as you're writing yours, you probably went through um, times where you're like, wow, okay, I never knew I had this perspective on this subject, or oh, I didn't know that was a sensitive thing to write on, or all kinds of different things, or you didn't know, okay, maybe I'm I'm feeling a little bit of imposter syndrome towards this or whatever. There's all sorts of um, things that are hidden in your subconscious that really get that really come out when you start writing a book because that's the that's the land where you're dwelling in you're dwelling in your head and you have to make a world out of it so it's really impossible to escape yourself when you start writing very very true yeah absolutely and and you learn so much about other things too like 
you know, I found myself constantly amazed that I actually spelled words correctly. You know, <laughs> like I pick a word and I'm like, well, I've never, I want to use this word, but I've never actually written it or seen it written out. It's just one of those like meandering or, or, or some word similar to that or like yeah. smart aleck. I wanted to use smart aleck and I wasn't exactly sure how, how it was spelled. And then I actually learned about the guy that the term smart aleck came from. And I was like, wow, this is an interesting story. It's, you know, so it's, you kind of jump down all these rabbit holes, too, where you just get, like you said, lost kind of in your own mind. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's really an interesting and, and very, um, you know, amazing journey of self-discovery. Yeah. And and what you were saying about the rabbit holes, uh, I think in terms of writing, that's, that's also a great, I'm going to admit this flat out, that's a great source of uh, fun and um, a time suck at the same time for me because I'm I'm the kind of guy where I like to know the facts uh, behind stuff. So if I if I'm writing a scene where I don't know there's a kid who has a Rubik's cube, I'll look up the Rubik's cube on Wikipedia and start learning about who made it, uh, you know why they had the certain colors or whatever. Because I think when you know little things like that, little rabbit hole um, details. You can, even if you're not consciously trying to do that, you can insert that into the story and it gives it a realistic context that's really hard to, it's really difficult to create um, when you don't have that. And that's why I, I've, I have, I don't read science fiction, but I have a lot of admiration for science fiction writers because they have to go down rabbit holes that don't yet exist. They have to, uh, or, or fantasy writers as well, they have to, uh, create essentially a whole culture, a whole world without it actually even existing yet. Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, one interesting fact that I actually learned about J.R.R. Tolkien is he actually created the Elvish language. Um, oh, wow. Separately. He actually created it just because that was, I don't know, he was sitting around bored one day. I don't know. And he actually came up and wrote, created the language translated to English and back so he could actually speak it. And then he's like, hmm, I'd like to use this. Maybe I should write a book and, you know, so I can actually use this language. So it is actually a, like, legitimate real language that he wrote, not having any plans to write an actual book at first. So, you know, like, that that totally blew my mind when I learned that because I was like, you know, is this real words? Is this, you know, but yeah, I mean, some people definitely, when it comes to fantasy or science fiction, they definitely go like really hard into it and <laughs> and, and learn a lot or, or create. And it's, it's uh, intimidating to me as a, uh, well, I do write like, you know, nonfiction books as well, but writing a science fiction book, the idea of actually trying to create something was you know, that might not have existed or being afraid that I was going to create something that already did exist or overtread something, you know, uh, was definitely uh, a, a learning experience as well along the journey. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's, uh, what's an interesting thing to think about, which I've been dwelling on a little bit is that it's, it's unless, unless if you're Shakespeare, it's almost impossible to create something that's 100% original. Um, and that was that was something that I sort of had to accept at the beginning when I started writing. I just had to realize, you know, the best the best you can do, you know, with just a sheer amount of books and movies that have been made, the best you can do is just find your mix of a little bit of this, a little bit of that, that has its own flavor. And it doesn't mean that you have to plagiarize anything. I'm not I'm not for that at all. But that's that's something I've been playing around with is thinking, okay, what what would happen if um, 
you know, we had uh, the movie, I don't know, Pulp Fiction set in our in outer space in a, a Star Wars kind of setting. That would be super interesting, right? And that can create a whole a whole different universe and a whole different set of characters and stories that otherwise wouldn't have it, have existed. Yeah, I mean, and that's so true. Is is taking taking things out of other parts of pop culture. Like I feel like, um, uh, you know, with like the book Ready Player One, which was just recently made into a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he did this whole homage to pop culture in a futuristic science fiction setting and created something that was wildly successful. And, you know, and then his other book Armada is kind of on the same principle. And I mean, I, Universal's actually converting that into a movie as well. So, you know, there is definitely that um, merit to um, tipping your hat, so to speak, not necessarily plagiarizing, but tipping your hat to that, um, those things that you love about other people's works that, that mm. influenced your work. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just from a, from a creative standpoint, I'm curious, what's, so I'll, I'll give you an example for myself. So for me, one of the things that really helps me write, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an extremely visual author. So when I, and that, that visualness, uh, connects to music really well. So if I start hearing music, I'll immediately see a scene or a music video or a movie or something, uh, or even a character. And off of music, I can see something and then I can I can write it. Uh, so music plays a big part in my in my writing process, or even just when I am doing uh, exercises and in, in writing. What is what is something for you that that is sort of a staple in your creative diet that helps you write? Uh, for me, um, you know, music is definitely a big part of it because I'm a huge music fan. I, I'm actually uh, y- used to be a, a local touring musician. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, wow. That's well. awesome. Well, what so, kind of music? Uh, I've actually played a little bit of everything. Like I, I've, I've played everything from like in, in like Christian rock bands at like local churches all the way up to playing like uh, in bars and stuff, playing cover band music. And, uh, you know, so I was always very interested in that scene. Um, actually had a, a short stint where I was almost famous uh, when, when our band actually got approached to be the opening band for um, Alice in Chains. No, uh, when the, when they reformed and then the uh, lead singer went off the deep end of crazy when he was like, oh, you know, we're going to be famous. We're going to do all this. And, and basically he drove all the rest of us away. <laughs> so wow. like a month before the concert, we actually uh, uh, disbanded as a band and I had to call the uh, the agent, uh, uh, their their agent and tell them that like, hey, yeah, sorry, yeah, the band's no longer in existence. So, wow, that's rough. But uh, but it was it was cool. I mean, even just being asked or, or or having that experience where I just happened to randomly run into their their tour manager, you know, and uh, and actually being asked in the first place, that was that was still an awesome experience. Um, wow, man, that is that is awesome. <laughs> that is incredible. Uh, wow. Uh, but but yeah, for for my other stuff is just really consuming. So like since I like writing science fiction, is consuming science fiction. So I like to sit down and just watch my favorite you know shows or movies and just kind of like ideas formulate from there. Or I see things differently, and I write yeah. those down as well. So so really both for me. Okay, okay, yeah. Then then music most definitely hit you way way harder than me. <laughs> wow, 
man, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy because uh, uh, you know it's interesting that you say you played a little bit of everything because uh, you know I I'm I'm not a I'm not a I don't play a lot of different instruments, but I I just play the piano and the guitar. But when I when it comes to listening to music for writing, I can I can probably listen to anything. I can listen to you know if it's ACDC to even Alice in Chains to you know a Beethoven concerto or anything. Uh, it it really does inspire different moods, and I don't know what it is about music, but it it's it's there's an energy that can it has a very powerful effect on the on the human mind and on the human emotions in just a way that's it's really different from anything else and i ever since i got into writing my appreciation of music and the way that it can affect you and the way that it can inspire different moods and feelings has just gone up and up and up Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure, because, I mean, like you said, music kind of it moves people. I mean, people want to get up and dance. People want to to just sit there and just chill out, you know, depending on what the music is. People will get inspired to I mean, you know, music has been such a key role in so many different movements in, in, in every aspect of life. And, you know, it, it evokes emotion and through emotion we can see things that we might not have other seen because we get in that that mood in that zone almost and it kind of you know opens us up to create uh, because we want to be creative we as humans you know feel that joy uh, from that or that excitement from that rock song and we're like yeah you know and then we go out there and we're like you know we're inspired to do other things uh, as a result because we have those emotions that are uh, you know, kind of overtaking us, so to speak. Absolutely. And something else to think about is I truly believe that most story, uh, excuse me, most music, even if it doesn't have lyrics, is storytelling. There is definitely, I don't know how it's weaved in there, but there is, there is a sense of story, even though the, the music could just be three minutes long, two minutes long, you, you can get a sense of of development there's a there's an opening there's a, a chorus there's a solo or whatever and then there's the finish and and novels and stories they they connect that way so i think that the way because music uh, is impactful to humans i think that that's just another affirmation that story is just an essential part of the human psyche it's part of who we are and it's part of the way our minds work um and to see the way that some uh, stories are told through music, that's just an interesting thing to think about. And it's it's super entertaining. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because in a lot of ways, even like you said, instrumental only music, it's still a story. The, the, the artist, you know, on whatever instrument they're playing, they're pouring out their soul. They're sharing their story that they have in their mind with us. And we feel that that emotion along with them. And I think that's why so many like movies, uh, like, especially like horror movies, they use sound and music so precisely to evoke, like, you know, when the music starts getting more tense, you start feeling more tense. And then right around the corner, you know, the guy jumps out and like scares them or whatever, (laughs) you know? So, so yeah, I mean, I, I totally, I totally agree and get that. That that is so true because it's, it's, even if there aren't words, it's still a story being passed down from one person to another, um, you know, which we as humans have been doing since the beginning of time, you know, from cave drawings where, you know, the caveman's teaching 
junior caveman that fire is bad and it hurts and it shows his hand in the fire and he's like ouch and you know whatever however he drew that on the cave walls <laughs> and you know so we've been a a storytelling society since you know day one or or two maybe i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well one of those days one of those probably within the first week <laughs> yeah we yeah started telling but, stories yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think, yeah, I mean, that is super true that, that that's just the way um, everybody has their own language that they speak. Some is through music, some is through writing, some is through video or, you know, podcasting or whatever the, the medium is that you use. But all of it at the end of the day, it boils down to storytelling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that I've been really enjoying uh, through books, I, I read books that tend to that tend to have uh, little tidbits and stuff like that, like little bits of information within the within the book that are actually, um, at least for the most part, real. So one for for an example, one of the books that I'm reading right now is uh, Red Sparrow, which uh, became a movie with Jennifer Lawrence, I think. Yeah. And um, uh, I'm I'm so I'm reading the book, and it was written by the the author was in the CIA for oh gosh, like a couple decades. He's, he's a guy who really knows his stuff in that area. And in reading it, I can get little bits of authenticity, um, little, little facts that when I'm out and about and I'm not reading the book and I'm just driving downtown or I'm going to see a friend, those little facts still, still stay with me. And they, they can actually color the world around you and they can give you context that is that can be extremely exciting. That can be really interesting, and and also they can be meaningful. So if you get a more literary book, a literary book like uh, uh, a lot more of Paolo Coelho's work, where it's not so much focused on on action and characters, but it's more excuse me, action and plot. It's more focused on the characters. You can, you know, say uh, uh, walk down the street and see some blossoms. That reminds you of a moment that a character had a a revolutionary moment. So. Without a doubt, story also, besides impacting us in the moment, um, in the way that mu uh, music does and, and movies do, they stay with us for a long time. And they can really have a, a profound impact on the way that we see the world around us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's so true because, you know, like you may never think about it again and then all of a sudden the next thing you know you see something you're like this memory from like 20 years ago um, – you know, pops into your mind and you're like, wait, where did that come from? I didn't even know. I still don't even remember that. I didn't realize it was there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, I think there's a, um, a psychological term for it. I believe it's called an anchor, which is, uh, you know, a song or, or even a, a, a phrase or clothing or whatever, a certain thing gets associated with something enough that whenever you see that thing, it, it, there's just a um, an inevitable connection. So uh, it's it's sort of like you know when we see bats and orange, we think of Halloween, right? It's it's one of those things that uh, it it can in it can stay with you for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that was actually I had a memory just recently. Um, for whatever reason, we were at a trivia night, and uh, well, I mean, we were there on purpose, but uh, he started <laughs> it, playing. It didn't uh, just happen. <laughs> yeah, that that part didn't just happen, but the <laughs> yeah. guy who was doing the trivia started playing uh, Backstreet Boys. Mm. Um, 
during in between the questions and all of a sudden I had this memory of when I was like recording um, new kids on the block concert for my sister on our VHS tape and how difficult that was. Cause I was trying to cut out the commercials. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm sitting there fidgeting with the buttons, like sitting right beside it. As soon as the commercial come up, I'd pause it. And then as soon as it came back on, I'd have to hit record and play at the same time. And it was just that like anchored memory of like, you know, this, this moment. And I was like, well, they're not even the same band, but somehow my mind tied those two things together. And then I was able to share the story with people and they were like, wow, you're that old. And I'm like, yes, yes, I'm that old. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, experience, experience, um, it comes with age and it's, it's invaluable. I think that people don't, um, they see age too much as a, as a something like down upon and they don't value experience enough. So that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's really true, too, because, you know, I think that's one big thing that's changing in society as well is is that whole I think in a lot of ways, like ageism is kind of going away where people are like, you know, I, if you know what you're talking about, I'm going to listen to you, whether you're 12 or whether you're 200. You know, it doesn't really matter if, if you if you have the knowledge that I'm looking for. You know, I don't you know, I don't hold your age against you. And I think that's so important because, you know, insight can come from anywhere anyone i mean it's it's amazing so many people that i've worked with or had on the podcast in just any age range and it's just like i just love hearing their stories and and i learn so much from every single person i talk to yeah i by the way i totally i totally understand where you're coming from there um uh in in traveling when i was younger as i mentioned uh one of the things that had a really profound impact on me were a lot of the people that i'm that i've met and that's honestly one of the things I look forward to when I travel is the people you you meet because they have their some of their stories are just unbelievable and even if they don't have a story they're a character <laughs> within themselves right they're almost um they're almost like a, a prepackaged character that's ready to be written into a novel um so yeah absolutely because life is Life is so interesting. I, I have this conversation a lot with my uh, with with my friends, and that is that life is just everything you could possibly imagine is has happened under the sun. So nothing is out of the um, out of the scope of the imagination and out of possibility. If if you think it could possibly happen, it probably has, and someone has experienced it. And life is just so interesting when you look at life that way because it puts you into a frame of mind where there's just so much more possibility. And as a creative person, that's just a great place to come from. And I'm, as I'm sure, you know, just when you get in the mindset that anything can happen, anything doesn't just happen. Usually the right stuff does start happening when you start creating. So once you open up the doors all the way, uh, usually you get almost exactly what you're looking for, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and that's one thing that I, I've actually mentioned on the podcast before is, you know, a lot of people say, well, opportunity knocks, so you need to be ready for when it knocks. And, you know, my philosophy on that is uh, and what I've experienced in my own life is when I've actually stepped out the door and forgot about waiting for for opportunity to show up, those opportunities present themselves to me. And like you said about the, you know, meeting all these people in your travels that either had this amazingly cool story or were someone like, that could be a character in my book. Okay, that's that's awesome. I like this guy. He's got this look about him, and you know, uh, it, it, he'd be really fascinating. And you just you write this whole story about him, like almost like um, 
you know, you're just sitting there like, I wonder what this person's life was. And then your, your mind just auto fills out. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, I think when you, when you go for the opportunity, uh, like you were saying, instead of just waiting for opportunity to show up that, that I believe is actually one of the biggest sources of procrastination and writers, um, and just creators in general is that they're just waiting for inspiration to hit them in the face and just to fall on, fall on the desk. I'm sure as you know, writing it's, it's, you do a lot more, um, you're doing a lot of digging in the ground for diamonds. It's not all, it's not all, uh, uh, you know, running around with, um, Oh God, what am I trying to say? Yeah. It's not just the other side of the rainbow. There's a lot of, trudging through the creative mud almost that you have to do and uh one of the people that i think that has established this as a message for creative people the best is stephen pressfield of just sometimes you do have to treat it like a job and you do just have to um put your nose to the grinder and work because you know what the muse isn't always going to be there sometimes you have to go go looking for it Oh yeah, absolutely. And I love, I love his books. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I, one of my favorite books is, is, um, is, uh, uh the war of art. There yeah. We go. Yeah. Oh, so that, that's <laughs> that if, if you're, if you're wanting to be a writer or a creative at all, and I'm sure Adam will back me up on this, definitely read that book. <laughs> yeah. Read that one and, uh, turning pro that yes. one and turning pro, those two have, um, have uh, had a lot of impact on me. Yeah, very true. I mean that that was uh, that was recommended to me by a per, uh, person that I met through LinkedIn, and I, I as soon as I got done reading it, I went back and thanked him instantly. I was like, "This is exactly the book I need to listen to read right now <laughs> to get me up, you know, to get me started in, in in writing my book and and really taking it seriously." Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, I certainly, certainly appreciate you coming on. It has been such an honor having you on the show. And, um, you know, as far as uh, where people can find you, find out more about what you're doing, find your book, what's the best place to or places to do that? Uh, well, first, uh, right back at you. Thanks so much for having me on. I've, I've had a great time talking with you. Um, as far as social media, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. But best place to find me would be on Instagram. Um, yeah, that's the best place to find me on social media. Uh, as far as on the, on the web, I do have a blog, Third Line Stories is the name of it, and me and a couple other authors, we put up uh, short, short fiction of all sorts of genres. We have suspense, mystery, romance, poetry, everything you can find up there, we've got it. Um, and we're also thinking about doing, uh, we haven't done it yet, but I'm just putting it out there. We're also thinking about doing um, book giveaways as well. So yeah, it's it's a really interesting site. We got a lot of good uh, got a, a lot of good writers up there. So yeah, that's the best place to find me. Um, Adam DeCalbus at all social social media links, and you can get the last name spelling from the show notes. <laughs> Absolutely, and I'll put the links in there as well uh, to everything. But again, thank you for coming on the show, man. Awesome, brother. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks, David. Hey. Don't forget to check out David's website, carthoughtswithdavid.com. That's carthoughtswithdavid.com. And as always, Carthoughts out. Hey everybody, David here. Do you guys like science fiction? If so, I just released a novel. 
It's called Hurtling Toward a Home, A Story of Hope. It's set many hundreds of years in the future when Earth just couldn't support us anymore. We thought we had more time. We didn't take it seriously. We didn't listen to what was being said. And now we have to suddenly build ships and figure out a place to go, but where? So we decide to just go everywhere, to just send ships off in every direction that any scientist has ever said could potentially support human life. To give us the best chance of survival, we're going to try every planet. So we built ships and loaded supplies and robots on them and shipped them ahead to try and prepare and test the planets uh, to make sure that they were suitable as we were building our fleet to leave for our great exodus from Earth. This particular story follows one ship, the Hope, and one young man, Jonathan, as he's always dreamed of living this life of adventure from what he's seen from old Earth movies and read in novels. And he longs for that type of, of an adventure. He longs to set foot on a planet. And yet, he is not. But after his 16th birthday, he gets sent off on a secret mission and an adventure that he never thought he would ever be able to live. I am so excited to share this journey with you guys. And I thank you guys for checking it out. Again, Hurtling Towards a Home, A Story of Hope by David Calvert.